0: I got to look at who i was and i found who i was and now i get to be him and that brings me yeah so much so much joy that i got to do that and i'm still still doing that and still you know finding who i am and who i'm going to be and yeah there's so much there's so much freedom in it yeah i don't feel like sort of boxed in or anything it's 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 lovely
1: My name's Ash, and I'm a proud lesbian woman, the Community Engagement Manager at Midsummer, and currently reside on Mirawang Country. I'd like to begin by acknowledging the lands on which this podcast episode was recorded, the Jaja and Tangarang lands of the Kulin Nation, and pay my respect to elders past and present. I would also like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the various lands on which you live, work and play today, and acknowledge that sovereignty has never been ceded. We recognise the important role that art has played on these lands for thousands of years, and feel privileged to work alongside artists continuing the creative practice of one of the oldest surviving cultures in the world. Always was, always will be. The episode you're about to listen to is with Alexander, who is a 22-year-old trans man who grew up in Bendigo. Alexander shares with us his coming out story and how valuable it has been for him to meet older trans role models through TGD Bendigo. Alexander reflects on what it means to explore gender and how we can appreciate people for their individuality instead of their labels. Let's hear from Alex. Alex.
0: My name's Alex. I use he, him pronouns and identify as a trans man.
2: How long have you been living here in Bendigo? Uh,
0: So about 20 years. So yeah, my family moved back down here when I was quite young and yeah, grown up here for the rest of it, so yeah.
2: How would you describe life here?
0: Personally, pretty relaxed. Even though it's sort of a bigger town, yeah, it feels sort of almost like cosy. Everything's very familiar. Do you feel you've got a supportive community here? Yeah. Through school, uh, the friendship group that I had was very supportive. Uh, most of us ended up coming out as queer in one way or another. And then after leaving school, joining transgender Diverse Spending On Beyond introduced me to this yeah huge community of people of all ages that I didn't know was here. And it's yeah very supportive and, and lovely to be part of.
2: Mm. So how has that helped you in terms of your journey? Um, it's gotten a lot more of like
0: resource access because before, before being part of the group, I sort of only had what I could uh, find on the internet for in regards to like resources, trying to find binders, uh, anything like that. And as well as for me seeing older members of the community because before that I didn't really have any, um, you know, oh, when I grow up, I could look like this or, um, oh, it's possible to be an older trans man or anything like that. And then, yeah, I get to go and see people who are and that's there for me. So, yeah, it's really lovely.
2: Mm. And how was it for you? I mean, you said you had some supportive friends at school. Mm -hmm. Um, How was your school experience? Difficult for
0: many reasons. (laughs) Being... Mm. Uh, at the time undiagnosed with ADHD uh, and uh, a few other mental illnesses. Yeah, high school especially was difficult. and That's sort of when I started to sort of explore my identity. And so at the same time, yeah, I was struggling in school and the the principal of my school was not particularly supportive. And so while I was trying to, yeah, figure out who I was and and try and support my friends while they were taking that same journey as well. We were facing, yeah, a school that was not particularly supportive as well as our own sort of struggles with keeping up with school and mental health and and all of that kind of stuff at the same time. So, yeah, that 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 space was a bit rough. It did improve because um, it was a separate school, Year 11 and 12, and that space was um, more supportive, but at the same time, they sort of didn't have very many sort of gender-neutral toilets or anything like that. And so, yeah, trying to leave class and having to go across the school to go to the gender-neutral toilets or anything like that was a, a bit difficult, but they were definitely much more supportive and actually, while I was there, did some renovations and created a few more um, spaces that were uh, available to me at the time. So definitely improvement from, from before that. So, Yeah.
2: Mm while you were exploring your own identity, were you able to openly talk about that with your parents? Uh, yes. Yeah.
0: Uh, my parents, I'm, I'm very, very lucky. My parents um, have been incredibly supportive. My mum, I actually found out only a little bit after I, or before I came out actually, so she used to work as a speech pathologist and back where I was born, it turns out she actually did voice work for trans women to help them yeah, bring their voice to a more feminine point that they were comfortable with. Uh, Which, yeah, I had no idea until I sort of was starting to look at my own uh, identity. I went to her and I was like, so what did you tell them to do? And I was like, I can do the opposite and try and deepen my voice. Um, Which is not quite how it works, it turns out, but (laughs) pretty cool. And my dad was a scientist and and worked in genetics, so he was already quite familiar with um, the variety of things that that the human body is capable of being. And so, yeah, very, very lucky to to have, yeah, wonderful, wonderful parents and wonderful siblings as well. They were amazing. <laughs> right? Yeah.
2: Wow. Are they older or younger?
0: Younger. I'm I'm the oldest, so yeah, younger sister and younger brother. I think they knew before my parents did. Actually, we would we would go places and, um, you know, straight we would be playing on a playground or something, and some kids would refer to me as, as he, and I'd look at my brother and I'd be like, don't crack them, and he'd just be like, yeah, right, you know. And I think they they knew, though, like they were, and they were fine with it. I think my brother was much happier to have a a brother, finally. How old are you now?
2: 22. 22. And when did you, how old were you when you came out?
0: So first, like, I started exploring my identity around 15 uh, in school and then sort of actually came out 2017, I would have been 16, 17, yep, which I keep thinking isn't that long ago and it keeps getting longer and longer ago, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah.
2: Yeah, so you changed your name a couple of years ago. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. and how did you come up with Alex? (laughs)
0: Um, It's a little bit embarrassing. Um, So the musical Hamilton, I was a big fan of during high school and uh, I always have to preface that. I didn't name myself after the actual Alexander Hamilton because he wasn't that great of a guy, but I loved the way that it sounded when it was sung, and so I was like, I'll give it a shot, and started, you know, I ordered food and I was like, oh, oh, this can you call for Alex when when it is ready? And then they called and I was like, oh, this feels really good. Like this, I'm I'm Alex, and um, so yeah, I was I decided to use it, and yeah, very happy about that.
2: <laughs> uh- just earlier, you you were, I don't know if you want to talk about this, but you were talking about thinking about your name, mm, yeah, and potentially using your former, my former name, yeah. yeah. Did you feel comfortable talking about that?
0: Um, yeah, I I won't share what it was, no. um, but yeah, my old name was very very distinctly feminine and pretty uncommon, and originally, I very much wanted to be a man. With that name, I didn't want to change my name at all, and just sort of over time, as as I continued to introduce myself with that name, people would go from gendering me correctly on site to immediately calling me she and her and referring to me as a as a woman, and it sort of got to the point where I just I uh, just went, yeah, I can't, I can't really deal with this right now. I need to sort of find something that's going to have people see me for who I am. And yeah maybe at some point in the future I can go back to using that name, but for now it'll it'll be my middle name I haven't uh, I haven't gotten rid of it yet. it's still mine, but um, <laughs>
2: you feel really connected yeah with that yeah name. absolutely.
0: Yeah. Um, the person that she was um, is a very important part of me and yeah it's a I still like to I feel like if I don't acknowledge who she was. Um, then sort of, you know, how do I expect other people to respect who I am now if I don't respect who I identified as before? And that's, yeah, I had a very, very strong sense of, of being a girl and, and have, using that name was mine. And, yeah, so I have a very, very strong attachment to it still and still wish that I could comfortably use it, yeah.
2: Mm. What do you think about how people talk about gender and things? I think that
0: gender you know, even the concept of being a man for me is such a different concept from even anyone else's concept of being a man, because the way that I am a man is different from the way anyone else is a man. And, um, yeah, the, the sort of how personal that thing is can mean that, you know, you can be talking about exactly the same thing to someone and meaning two completely different things. Um. And so yeah, I I I do like when people talk about gender because it's just so you get to see a part of them, I guess, because you know they're sharing how they understand it with you, and yeah, it's so it's such a personal thing how you see how you see your gender or agender, and uh, I love to I love to hear about it.
2: <laughs> Have you thought as a younger person? Growing up and coming at your own coming out experience, have you thought about like people who've come before you, older, and it was a different world, different society with different. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah,
0: I um, I've often wondered if I would have had the courage to do the same thing if I had been born earlier. We've got the mural of oh, what's his name, Edward, Edward De Lacey in the street at the moment, and. Every time I sort of think about his story I I tear up (laughs) Um, because yeah, he, he was a trans man I think in the 1800s and the things that happened to him just because he wanted to be himself were difficult but none of it stopped him from being who he was and the Yeah, the level of difficulty of things that I face today is so much less than the people who were doing, who were being themselves back in, you know, those times. And while I'm sort of sad that they had to experience that, I'm also so grateful that they paved the way and, yeah, made those first steps for for things to be how they are now. Yeah, because things seem difficult now, but they would have been, they were so much worse. Yeah. And those those people were the, the first ones to sort of start trying to move it forward. And yeah, we owe a lot a lot to them. Mm.
2: What do you think has been helpful to the LGBTQIA plus community in particular in terms of being accepted, understood, included?
0: I think probably just the the small actions of people because when people are silent there's no pushback against hate but all it takes is one person you know saying hey that's awful you shouldn't say that or you know telling their friend oh you should be more polite they're under this or anything like just the smallest word or action just lets people know like you know We're behind you or that behavior isn't acceptable you need to change and just creates this feeling of support uh, in the community of knowing you know someone's going to speak up if something bad happens to you or you know you've got someone there that's not going to stand for it and yeah it only takes it only takes really small really small actions or words and it lets people know you can't behave like that or yeah, we we support you and have have a space for you here. So mm. yeah, doesn't doesn't take a big huge gesture. It's just small things.
2: Being in Bendigo, would you say, has been. A positive experience? Um, I would say
0: mostly, mm-hmm. yeah mostly. Um, there have been a few difficult experiences um, particularly during the um, site. There were a few people locally um, that would say things or um, having to experience the ads and things that were on at the time. I was, yeah I was worried I would go back to school and someone wouldn't be there which was difficult. Luckily, that was not something that happened. But yeah, the community came out pretty overwhelmingly in support for us in the end, but we were pretty terrified that that wasn't going to happen. And yeah, I think it ended up being uh, over 70% nearly, no, 60 something percent, yes, in Bendigo, um, which was sort of one of the points where I just went, okay, where things are okay here, Um, which was really, really good. And I think things have only really gone up from there. Things have have yeah very much changed for the better, and I'm able to walk around in town feeling decently safe, wearing a, a shirt that says "Proud Trans Man." Um, my cars covered in rainbow stickers and trans pride stuff, and uh, it's never been touched. It's been it's been on there for years. So yeah, I feel pretty pretty confident. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And you plan to stick around? I think so. I don't have any plans to to go anywhere. I like it here. You can see the stars pretty nicely. There's not too much light pollution. so It's one of my favourite things. And yeah, the the wildlife's pretty close by. So Mm. it's nice. nice. And what does pride mean to you? I think pride for me is celebrating... It's a lot of joy. (laughs) Um, I love being queer. I love being trans. I experience so much joy in feeling that I'm free to express who I am in the truest way for me Mm -hmm. and yeah I I have that privilege of I got to look at who I was and I found who I was and now I get to be him and that brings me yeah so much so much joy that I got to do that and I'm still still doing that and still you know finding who I am and who I'm going to be and yeah there's so much there's so much freedom in it there's no there's really no sense of like oh you know you're going to have to be a, a woman for your whole life or you're going to have to be a man for your whole life whoever I am is is who I am and the labels might change but I have that freedom to just keep looking and going you know this is who I am now and the joy in in, in being that person and then maybe one day I'll find joy in you know something else and then I'll be that person for a while and yeah, I just I I don't feel like sort of boxed in or anything. It's 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 lovely.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's so amazing. Yeah. Is there anything you would tell your teenage self? I would probably just say that
0: everyone's going to be supportive. I was very worried even though there was no sort of indicator that I should be. <laughs> um Yeah, I think I'd just say everything's everything's going to go well. Yeah. Keep keep doing keep doing what you're doing.
2: Mm. Yeah. And any messages for people who are on the journey that you've been on? Probably pretty similar, actually. Yeah, when I when I first started exploring,
0: I had this sense of, I know what I'm not, but I don't know what I am. And it hurt because, you know, I wanted to find out what I was. I didn't, it wasn't helpful that I didn't, that I knew what I wasn't, you know? Oh, I knew I wasn't a girl, I knew I wasn't this, I knew I wasn't this, but what was I? And I guess, Even if, you know, the thing that you, the the label that you attach to yourself isn't defined the same way as you define it by other people, that's okay. You get to be, you know, the man or woman or non-binary person or whatever that you define it as. And it may take a, a while to figure out what that identity is for you, but you'll get there and uh, you, it, it will be wonderful, <laughs> yeah.
2: And it sounds like, you know, there are an increasing number of places for people to go to when they are questioning and exploring, and they'll get nothing but sort of support, I guess. I think there's maybe some worry that people
0: go to the queer community and say I'm questioning and and get support and then realise, oh no, I actually am cis. But I think the beauty in, you know, having explored your identity and coming out on the other end going, no, I actually do I still identify with my gender at birth, you've looked at yourself and gone, you know, who am I? Is this what makes me happy? Is this how I want to be? And gone. Yes, yes, I do want to be this way. And you've had, you've gotten the chance to explore, which so many people I don't think even think of trying. And so you've you come away with the knowledge of who you are. In so much, it's so much more expansive than if you just never even looked in the first place. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's there's no shame in yeah coming and finding your community and then going. No, you know what? You've supported me. In this journey that we've all had and I've come out on the other side, you know, affirming what I was before and that's, that's still incredible. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I feel like there's no harm in looking at yourself and, and going, is this what truly makes me happy? And going away saying, yeah, this is what truly makes me happy probably will give you a little bit of insight on what the trans journey is like or the journey to discovering who you are in my case trans but Mm. yeah and you know having that understanding even if you come out saying yes I Mm. am straight and cis you get that insight into looking into yourself and and asking those questions
2: Do you think um, the media the film industry has a role to play in presenting more diversity?
0: Absolutely yeah I don't really remember growing up with any. And then, oh, I probably saw something before it, but Love, Love, Simon uh, came out and went, went and saw it in theatres. And when he came out in the in the movie, I just burst into tears because I was like, this is so similar to what it actually, like what it felt like for me coming out to my parents. And the fear, like, because you, you could see the fear that he had that his parents wouldn't support him and that he'd lose the people that were close to him. and and you know, having the courage to do it, or I think I can't remember in his case if he got outed, but you know, finding the people that do actually support you and realizing sometimes I know for a lot of people that I was lucky and it doesn't happen this way, but realizing you do, in fact, have people around you that support you and care about you and 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 you know, love you just the same no matter who you are, and then yeah more and more recently there's, there's been a lot more actors uh, in those roles. Oh, there's a couple of trans actors in Star Trek recently and I hadn't been able to see the episode but Dad was telling me about the they had a trans man in the show who was played by a trans man and the non-binary character was played by a non-binary person and, yeah, he'd, he'd cried at the episode as well. Yeah, I, I definitely think it's it's good to see people like you being the hero you know everyone wants to everyone wants to relate to someone on the screen who's who's cool and and that for everyone is would be good
2: (laughs) yeah absolutely do you think sharing stories can help i think these can get presented in such a narrow way either
0: through media or word of mouth and if you listen to the stories of other people and you realize oh they're just they're just like me they're just regular people you know they just happen to be trans or gay or whatever it's so much easier to see other people as human and come to you know if not 100% understand accept diversity and and you know have that support for your community because we're all just people and we just go through different things and that doesn't mean we should you know not listen to each other or respect each other or anything so yeah i definitely think it's it's very helpful
2: lovely thank you so much for sharing thank you <laughs> The
1: podcast is released every Tuesday and Friday and could not have been possible without the support of our local community partners, Midsummer and the Fair of Victoria portfolio of the Victorian State Government. Throughout the series, you will hear firsthand the successes, hopes, dreams, fears and struggles of diverse members of our community. Pride Finder, the Rainbow Road Trip, was a travelling project commissioned during the 2023 Midsummer Festival as part of the State Government's initiative, Victoria's Pride. Helen Thomas, an award winning creative audio producer, journalist, and queer ally, developed a mobile story studio with the purpose of encouraging connection, cultivating empathy, and preserving people's experiences. As much of Victoria's queer history relies on verbal recount, Midsummer, Helen, and the Pride Finder connected with regionally living LGBTQIA Victorians to help capture their unique stories. These conversations are frank, honest, and reflect the language, thoughts, history, and opinions of the individual. Views may not be shared by Midsummer or the Victorian state government. Please keep yourself safe and refer to the show notes for specific triggers related to each episode. If something in this podcast has made you feel uncomfortable or brought up challenging feelings, please seek support from a loved one or from one of the helplines listed at the bottom of the show notes.